Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello and welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Monty Walden, and I've prepared for you some excerpts from my book, Biodynamic Wine. The idea is to clear up common misconceptions about biodynamics, draw some distinctions between biodynamics and alternative farming methods, and provide some details on actual biodynamic preparations and how they can change our environment in ways that we find desirable, such as altering the soil to make it beneficial for the production of cultivated crops. And now, a short primer on the origins of biodynamics and one of the first and most prominent advocates of the movement, Rudolf Steiner. For those interested in acquiring the full biodynamic wine text, it's available from my publisher, Infinite Ideas, who right now is offering a discount of 15% through July 31st, 2020. To get the discount, use the code, which is bio15off at infiniteideas.com. That's bio, which is a B-I-O, one five OFF Biodynamics dates from nineteen twenty four and it's the oldest alternative agriculture movement. Biodynamics predated the global organic agriculture movement, whose founding organization, the United Kingdom's Soil Association, dates from nineteen forty six, so just after the Second World War. In fact, the very word organic was derived from the biodynamic ideal that each farm or small holding should always work towards becoming a self-sustaining organism in its own right. The particular feature of biodynamics and where biodynamics differs from organics and indeed all other forms of alternative agriculture is the use of nine so-called biodynamic preparations. These are made from cow manure, the mineral quartz, also called silica, which is the world's most abundant mineral, by the way, and seven medicinal plants. These are yarrow, chamomile, stinging nettle, oak bark, dandelion, valerian and equisetum arvents, or common horsetail. These nine preparations are applied to the land or crops, either by being first incorporated into a compost pile or by being diluted in water as liquid sprays. Biodynamic preparations are used in homeopathic quantities, meaning they can produce an effect in extremely diluted amounts, but they are not homeopathic treatments per se. Their purpose is to make the farm and farmer, its crops and animals and wild habitats self-sufficient self-sustaining and socially, economically and spiritually robust. These concepts may seem woolly in our world of smartphones and space exploration, but would have seemed less so to 1920s Europeans, coping with the ravages of both the First World War and then its even deadlier successor, an influenza pandemic. Shades of today, by the way, with Covid. The methods used to make some of the preparations may seem strange initially, but are neither high-tech, expensive, costly to the environment, nor potentially harmful. 
Anyone, from children to grandparents, can and do make these preparations. The biodynamic preparations are not patented, so they can never realistically be made purely for profit. And they seem to get good results for farms and vineyards. The regular use of the biodynamic preparations is the fundamental requirement of Demeter, the non-profit organisation which has overseen and certified biodynamic agriculture worldwide since 1928. Now, the biodynamic preparations were created by an Austrian called Rudolf Steiner, 1861-1925. And he gave the indications for these preparations shortly before he died. That was in 1924 when he gave the indications. His motivation in creating biodynamics was to remedy what he sensed was the arrested spiritual development of his contemporaries. Steiner believed the forces people needed to kickstart their spiritual development would come from digesting food imbued with these desirable and necessary forces, and that getting these forces into food required a new way of growing food, biodynamic agriculture. And for this, Steiner developed nine biodynamic preparations to moderate and regulate biological processes in nature. This is the bio part of biodynamics. The dynamic part comes by understanding the preparation's role in enhancing and strengthening forces that form or shape material substance, both on the farm and within both the farmer and the crops. These forces are referred to in biodynamics as etheric formative forces. Like gravity, they are unseen but have a tangible effect on both soil and on crop plants as well as on the animals or humans who digest those plants. Steiner's nine biodynamic preparations can therefore be thought of as spiritual remedies for the human being which are administered indirectly through the healing process of the earth. Biodynamic farmers accept that there is no substance or matter without spirit and equally no spirit without matter. So the point of growing biodynamic food and drink is not only to provide the substances, vitamins, carbohydrates, protein, fats, minerals, to nourish the human body, but also to provide the forces needed to form and nourish the human spirit. Most wine growers newly adopting biodynamics start by seeing it, as I did initially, as a sensible, doable, interesting, inexpensive tool to produce tastier grapes to nourish the human palate. And if they also provide the formative forces to nourish the human spirit, so be it. The most obvious examples of concern to Steiner were the inorganic, soluble fertilisers popularised by Baron Justus von Liebig, who lived from 1803 to 1873. Liebig was the German chemist regarded as the father of so-called, in quotes, chemical farming. It was von Liebig who put forth the law of the minimum idea, the idea that whichever essential inorganic plant nutrient was least available to a plant would dictate or limit its growth potential. The consequence of von Liebig's idea was the development of soluble nitrogen, phosphorus and potash, or NPK, fertilisers. Even before he died, Justus von Liebig had begun to rue his attempts at playing chemical god to the soil and the negative effect his work had had on farming. Were he alive today, 
Von Liebig would have realized how plants are able to assimilate only about 10 to 15% of the nitrogen provided by soluble fertilizers, and that the excess free nitrogen, their leftovers, contribute significantly to global warming via nitrous oxide, a more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide, and one which hangs around for much longer, and also ozone layer depletion and acid rain. Phosphorus, potassium and nitrogen cause runoff from when used as fertilisers, and they also stimulate algae to breed frenetically, causing algal blooms, which create so-called dead zones in rivers, lakes and the sea. The dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico, for example, caused by runoff from Midwestern farms, is now larger than the state of Connecticut. The biodynamic alternative is a free, safe, unpatented and therefore universally available technology reliant on cows, some wild plants and a few handfuls of the world's most abundant mineral. By working with, rather than against, nature to resolve problems, biodynamic farmers see themselves as but one tiny part of a much bigger cycle of life, both guiding nature and being guided by it. Ecology is rapidly shifting from being a good idea to being a matter of life and death as we face the combined challenges of climate change and the depletion of both biodiversity and basic natural resources like fresh water. Our fellow humans can increasingly be divided up between those who eat way too much and eat the wrong stuff it takes eight kilos of grain remember to make a kilo of meat and those many more who get to eat way too little. Writer Michael Pollan's much-quoted dictum that we should eat food, not too much, and mostly plants, is the perfect starting point for improving the environmental and physical health of our surroundings. The United Nations reports that there is no more potentially farmable land left to develop, and that the dramatic yield increases of the type witnessed since the, quote, green revolution of the 1960s onwards are essentially over. This means we'll have to make do with what we have already, but without further degrading, eroding or polluting the land. We'll have to become better and more self-sufficient stewards of what land we already farm. The biodynamic principle of low input, self-sufficient agriculture, revitalising both for ourselves and our natural surroundings, seems useful, necessary and perhaps most conveniently of all, easily achievable. Thank you for listening, and please join us next week for more on biodynamic wine, where we'll start to get into some specific biodynamic preparations or treatments. Until next week, this has been the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Borden. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.